0: man good morning Uh, that was horrible man you guys are asleep today good morning thank you that was better now at least halfway believe that we might think it's good today right um awesome good morning um we're gonna pray for just a second again um and then we're gonna open this uh word to john four um man i just um so in need today of what god's doing um it's crazy. He just uh, as this week went on, he just really uh, made it apparent the ina- inadequacy of me, uh and preaching. Um it's it's not a like an ability thing today. Um, it's a spiritual thing today. And uh so as so I was reading um and, and listening to some things, um man, the reality of it is, is um I can probably preach today in a way that would get you to agree with what I'm saying. But we need more than agreement today. We need Jesus to work in our hearts today. Um, and I can't do that. Like, you can't do that. There's no preacher that can do that. That's a that's a God thing. And um, I don't want to miss what He's doing today because I'm banking on me and my ability or banking on something that we can do as a church. I just praying that Christ be formed in some of us today. Um, Paul writes that and he speaks on it like it's it's this um, idea of birth, that it's spiritually to be born again. There's this idea of birth and there's this idea of labor. And for some of us, maybe we've heard this message like um, a million times and we just aren't there yet. And the reality of it is we don't need, like, another preacher to to come by and, and to inform us that we need to be born. We just need God to to work and to move in this place and, and to birth us. Um, and, and even beyond that, because some of us, I know, we, like, we did the thing and we checked the box and we're like, I prayed the prayer and I'm a Christian and, you know, whatever. Um, every day, like, we need God just to work in us. It's like this idea that... We didn't get saved that one time when we come to the front of the room, but, like, I need to be saved from myself every single day. And for eternity, like, I took care of that with Jesus at 11 years old, but, man, I'm just carrying around so much of me. I'm just tired of carrying around me. And um, anyway, um, it's for free, I guess, this morning, but let's just pray. Father God, this morning we need you. God, we don't want to just do church again, just like do a message. We know how to do all that. We know the formula. We sing a couple songs and we preach and we sing a song and we leave. Like we can do that um, without you, but we don't want to. Um, So, God, we just we want you. Um, God, what could take place in this moment is a miracle. Um, Freedom is, is a miracle seeing you it's that's a miracle Uh, the truth of it is maybe like in our flesh we're not blind and deaf and stone-hearted but in in our spirit we are and god without you just coming by and opening our eyes and our ears and our heart today we'll never even hear what you want to say so i'm not asking today that we like hear me i don't even care if it makes sense I'm just praying, God, today that we hear you. It's not an ability thing. It's not a me thing. It's a you thing. So, God, I just want you. God, I believe in your name today. Miracles, they they will happen. Not because of me today, but in spite of me. I'm, I'm messed up. I'm a sinner like everybody else. I'm a... Fraud at times, like everybody else. Um, but God, you aren't any of those things. You aren't a fraud. And you aren't messed up. And God, today I'm just asking that you'll use somebody that's messed up to do something amazing today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um. This morning, we're going to be in John chapter 4, so if you have your Bible, you can turn there. I'm going to try not to, like, sniff too much, but allergies, right? Um, welcome to Tennessee, where our non-allergy season is about three days a year. Um, and uh, the rest of it, we just do this, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. Something is blooming everywhere all the time here, and I don't know how that works. It's like a miracle from heaven. Um, and uh, anyway, Awesome. <laughs> Um, but I'll try not to do that too much. If I do, will you just bring me a Kleenex and be like, you're being gross and I'll blow my nose and it'll be awesome. Um, this morning we're going to be in John chapter four. We started a series last week called the holes in us. And I'll be honest. I've just been like, I'm, (laughs) I'm not preaching this at you today. I'm preaching this at me. Um, this has just been something God's speaking to me on. And, um, I don't know if anybody got anything out of last week, but man, God's moving in me. And um that's what I pray every week. Like I'm I'm <laughs> I'm not here to like teach us. I don't even know anything. I'm just standing up here and letting God teach us together. And um and we started this series called The Holes in Us and it's been a little painful for me this week. Like I've been even like somebody asked me, like, Hey, what what do you think yours are? And the normal response to that's just to deflect and be like, I don't know. Um <laughs> But man, just to be honest about that, and as I started talking and, and sharing, it was like I was digging into me, and it's it kind of painful a little bit, um, and I think really this series is going to be that way for those of us that will just honestly listen to God. But the reality for all of us are we do have like holes in us, and for a lot of us, those are caused by wounds that happen somewhere back here. Um and and those holes in us are just those areas where we feel like we're not enough, where we feel like we're missing something. And, and and maybe for some of us it's like a lot of areas and for some of us it's maybe just one or two areas, but um we all have those. If we're honest. Like I'm I'm probably like on the surface, I'm like the most laid back guy ever and people are like, That dude has no problems and that's just the wall that I've built. Like I struggle and have issues, just like everybody else, and and what you see is not what it what it is. Sometimes it's just what I let you see, and we're all good at that. We all have those masks and those walls, um, but we all have underneath those things like like areas of us where we just feel like we're missing something, where we're not enough, where we're not good enough, and. And the crazy thing is, and I didn't even realize this until, like, God started speaking, but, like, what we do with those areas is we try to medicate those areas. We try to, like, grab stuff and shove them into those places and, and, and try to make ourselves feel whole and like we are enough. And anybody that's been doing that for very long and who's honest about it, we know, like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like our medication for some of us may be like stuff and money, and for some of us it may be popularity. Like we got to have all the Instagram likes and follows, and we like post a picture, and if we don't get enough likes, we don't feel pretty about that picture. Like that can be a hole in us, and that can be a medication in us. And for some of us, it's it's maybe just like attention. We got to have attention all the time because we don't feel like we have that part of us we're not we feel like we're worthy of it so we reach out for it and some of us maybe it's like a substance like this thing makes me feel this way or at least it just numbs me to where I don't feel this way but whatever the medication is the reality of it is it points to a deeper issue doesn't it and we want to take we want to like stop the medication without fixing the issue the hole in us and that would be like refusing to take chemo when you have cancer right like it didn't fix the problem. It maybe fixed a problem. But what we all need today is not just to, to quit the sin things in our life or these medications in our life. We need to let Jesus step in and to fill those places where we just don't feel like we're enough and we don't have enough or we're never going to be enough. Because we're, if we don't, we run the risk of stopping a medication to start another medication to start another medication And Jesus doesn't want to just fix the outside issues. He wants to step into our lives and fix the the real issues. So last week we started talking about this. And this morning, really just through the the grace of God, I just pray like John 4 does something for us. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John 4. And we're just going to continue talking about this today. John 4 is probably a story we're somewhat familiar with. It's about this Samaritan woman... um, John is a gospel, a narrative story of Jesus's life and ministry, and John was a disciple of Jesus. He was an eyewitness to these things, like he was there. He's writing about not what somebody's told him, but what he's seen with his own eyes, and this is his perspective on on this story. It brings some enormous credibility to this event, like he's not just making up something or rewriting something, like he witnessed this something. And in John chapter 4, we see that Jesus is going to talk to this Samaritan woman. It's like at the top, so I hope I'm not like ruining anything for you. Um, But it says in in 4, this is John setting the scene for us, when Jesus knew that the Pharisees, which are the religious leaders of the day, if you've ever been around church very long and we've said Pharisees, normally there's like a negative connotation that comes with Pharisees. They're religious people that weren't really big fans of Jesus. They didn't really care for Jesus. Jesus to them was some carpenter guy who was still in all their popularity. They wanted the crowds. They wanted the the accolades. And here Jesus came, this uneducated to their knowledge man who'd never been to seminary or rabbi school or whatever you want to call it. He like showed up and then crowds started showing up. And here these Pharisees are already in, in four and they it says, they had heard that he, being Jesus, was making and baptizing more disciples than John. And this John they're talking about is John the Baptist, not John the First Baptist, but John the guy that liked to baptize people. Uh, not a denomination in here, if you're one of those people. like It's just John who baptized people, so he got the name John the Baptist. And, and, and the Pharisees also didn't really like John the Baptist, because he was a weird dude. He wore weird clothes, he ate weird things, and he hung out in the wilderness, and people came... <laughs> Uh, to hear John, and it's like, man, he's not in the temple. He's not doing, like, the things. He's not like us, and they didn't like him. And John was popular, and they tried to get rid of John, but they couldn't because he was, like, a prophet, or the people thought he was anyway. And um, here's John, and he's having a successful ministry. And now Jesus, already just four chapters in, is already, like, blowing past John. So you can imagine the jealousy here in the scene. And then this John, different John, um, John the disciple Jesus loves, not John the Baptist. And two, gives us some editorial notes, and he says, though Jesus himself was not baptizing, but his disciples were. In other words, Jesus wasn't like standing there dunking people, his disciples were doing that, uh, just if we didn't know. Uh, and it says in three, because of that, he being Jesus left Judea and he went to Galilee. Now, Judea is this area or region in southern Israel and Galilee is in northern Israel And it's about to talk about a place called Samaria, which was kind of like the middle area of Israel. So if you can imagine Tennessee, if we just take it and do this, you know how we have three regions, east, middle, west, Tennessee, Galilee, Samaria, and Judea. So Galilee's at the top, Judea's at the bottom, Samaria is in the middle, but that presents a problem. Um, It says that Jesus had to travel through Samaria to get to Galilee. Now, geographically, this is true. Like, Samaria is in the middle, but historically, this is actually not true. Most religious Jews, most people that tried to maintain a clean lifestyle and follow the Jewish uh, religion and tradition, they wouldn't travel through Samaria because they didn't like the Samaritans. We've heard like stories about this probably before. Like, they didn't like the Samaritans. The Samaritans are this group of people that were in the middle of Israel were transplants when Israel was exiled at one point in time. uh, The king of that time sent some people over into Israel to to be Jews, to take up the Jewish religion and to worship their God, even though they weren't Jews. And here these people moved in, and they eventually became what we know as the Samaritans, these half-breeds, these almost Jewish people, these not pure Jewish people And that set up a conflict because when the Jewish people came back, they were like, you're not like us, you you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't pretend to worship our God, you're not God's people, you have no claim to this God, and you see kind of the conflict that's set up here. So most Jewish people wouldn't travel through Samaria because they didn't like the Samaritans. They would actually travel um, to the east and they would cross over the Jordan River and they would come up the east side of the Jordan and then they'd pop back over into Galilee, kind of on the, the western side of the Jordan River. And just skip Samaria altogether. So when it says he had to travel through Samaria, th- there were other options. That's all I'm saying. Jesus didn't have to go there. There were other ways to get around all that. Um, at least historically. But he had something to do in Samaria. This is in 5, so... He came came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Now, this is historical Old Testament, like Jacob's well is going to be in here. This is stuff we've heard about before, and it just shows like these people are encroachers. They're on a land that's not their land. And Jesus was not, even as a Jewish man, supposed to go in their town, and he went in their town And it says that he came near the town, the property that Jacob had given his son Joseph. And it says six, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, worn out from his journey, sat down at the well. Again, something he's not really supposed to probably do as a Jewish man. Not really supposed to interact with these people. But it says Jesus does that. And I love how John just throws this in there. He was tired and worn out from his journey. There's this humanity in, in that verse of, of Jesus, Jesus was very much deity, He was very much God, but he was all, also very much man and I just it 's cool to me that Jesus knew what it was like to be hungry, like God knows what it 's like to be hungry and he knows what it 's like to be thirsty, and he knows what it 's like to be tired like there 's this relatable God here in this verse. He stepped out of heaven and he took on flesh like us, and he knows what it 's like to feel. In in ways, like us, to feel hungry and and to feel tired. He he knows that, and I can relate to that. And there's something amazing in that. And here Jesus is. He comes. He's tired. He sits down at this well. And it says it was about 6 in the evening. Now, this is abnormal. Like, you don't read... Chapters and chapters and chapters of the Gospels where it says about 1 o'clock, Jesus walked up the hill, and about 2.30, he sat down and he began to teach. And about 3 o'clock, the people were sleeping. So about 4 o'clock, he took some bread. Like, you don't see that. This is abnormal. They don't time stamp a lot of things in the Bible. And if if they're doing that and it's abnormal, uh, you should always look at why it's abnormal. Like, why? What is the point of, of saying that? I was talking to somebody the other day, like, uh, with Zacchaeus. Like, how many people in the Bible does it describe the height of? Like one, right? Like, Zacchaeus. Like, it wasn't like Jesus was six foot two. Like, it doesn't say that. Like, we don't know. I and mean, if it's abnormal, there's a reason probably that it's abnormal, and he's just, he's throwing in here for us. Like, it's six o'clock, so whatever's coming is, there's something important that's going on with six. Six o'clock in the evening, And it says in 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Here's the weird thing. Not that there's a woman coming to draw water, but there's this woman coming to draw water at 6 o'clock in the evening. Like, normally, this would be what you would do first thing in the morning. You'd get up at the cool of the day, and you would walk down to the well, and you would take all these jugs or jars or whatever you're going to fill up for the day. And you would collect enough water at that moment to, like, do all your cooking, cleaning, like, washing, any, anything you were going to do that day. You would collect enough water, and you would go back up while it was still cool, and then you would begin to do those things. But here's this lady that's waiting till like, kind of the heat of the day, and she's coming to the well. Now, this is abnormal, and we're going to skip a few verses, and you'll see probably why it's abnormal, but there's just something different about this lady than probably the other people in the town. It says there was a Samaritan or Samaria, woman of Samaria, I'm just making up words today, uh, that came to draw water, and then in, in red in my Bible, which means Jesus is saying it, it says Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Now, Jesus is tired. He's been on the journey all day at 6 o'clock. He's sitting down at a well, and he wants something to drink. This is not abnormal. The abnormal part is that he's speaking to this woman. And it says in 8, for his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Again, something kind of a little bit weird there. Probably not supposed to do that. And it says in 9, how is it that you, this is the woman talking back to Jesus, how is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She realizes there's an issue here. And she just starts to talk to Jesus. She ignores the whole give me a drink thing. She's like, hey, um, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're Jewish. You're a Jewish guy. And you're new to town, but I'm a Samaritan woman. You're not supposed to be talking to me. This is not something normal that's happening at the well and she is quick to point that out it says she asked him for jews do not associate with samaritans just in case we didn't know the context thank you john um Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Most Jews wouldn't even cross over into Samaria. And here's Jesus and he's walked into the town and he sat down at the well and he sent his disciples off to buy food to talk to people that they're probably not supposed to talk to and to eat food. They're probably not supposed to eat because it's like unclean because it's from a people group that, that all the Jewish people have counted out. And then Jesus begins to have this conversation with this woman and the woman is the first to realize, hey, you shouldn't be talking to me. There's a whole list of shouldn't be's actually up to this point in time in the story. But but there's an issue here. I'm a, I'm a Samaritan woman and you're a Jew and this is not supposed to happen. And I just want to say for free today for us, like Jesus is not afraid to do things that he's not supposed to do. He's not afraid to speak to people he's not supposed to speak to and to come in and sit and hang out with people he's not supposed to be around. Like all the people that we... Let's just be honest, who are the, the new, those people aren't God's people kind of people? We've taken up the role of the Jews who've counted out the Samaritans, right? Oh, they're sinners, they, they're doing this, they're going there, they're, that's us. And I know because I've spoke to us. Jesus is not afraid to hang out with people that we would assume he wouldn't hang out with. He's not afraid to speak to people that we would assume he wouldn't speak to. Jesus is not afraid to go into places that, that we would probably never go into. And that's what John is making clear in this moment. Like maybe there's a list of people Jesus shouldn't talk to in our brains today. And maybe even we're on that list. But Jesus is not afraid to talk to people that he shouldn't talk to. So much so that over and over and over again, already in John 4, very beginning, right, of the gospel of John, he's just tearing down walls. He's saying, hey, I just want you to know this is the kind of Jesus that we're looking at today. He'll go anywhere and he'll meet with anybody. And if you're somebody today who's sitting there and you're like, I don't know how I rolled up in here today. I don't don't even know what's going on today. Like I've been told over and over and over and over again by the church that I'm not somebody that God would speak to, that my lifestyle is not one that God would have anything to do with. I just want you to know today from John 4, Jesus doesn't really care what they said. Jesus doesn't really care what the rules are today. And he's not really looking at the, oh, I'm not supposed to talk to these people and I'm not supposed to talk to these people and I'm not supposed to go here. That's not the kind of Jesus we're looking at today. So the church will tell you and lie to you and say, hey, you're too far gone. You're too far away. There's no way you're coming to God. But God is saying today to us, none of that's true today. You can never be too far gone for God to step into your space today and to speak into your story today. So I want to say if that's you today, like somebody's counted you out, God has not counted you out I'm sorry that people have done it God has never done it but I also want to say today if you have somebody in your life that you've just quit praying for or you've given up on you're like well they're doing this thing or they're on this substance or they're 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 living out this way God has not given up on those people and neither should you you don't have to be the Jews in the story, right? That are like, I can't go there. I can't be around them. I can't talk to them. I'm done praying for them. I'm done investing in them. You don't have to be those people. You can be the disciples today in the story that are like, oh, Jesus, you want to go into Samaria? That's awesome. Let's go into Samaria. Oh, you want to sit down at the well? That's really cool. I'm hungry. I'm going to go over here and be with those people that people say I can't be with. Would you like anything? I'm going to go into the places where people say you can't go, and I'm going to be the light in those places because you've said you're going to go, and if you're going to go, I'm going to go. So if you've got cousins or uncles or aunts or brothers or sisters or children or whatever that are far from God, God has not counted those people out today, and you don't have to count those people out. I don't, I don't know what you're surrounded with. I don't know what the circumstances are, but, man, this is the church today. The disciples that are in the town buying the food, that's the church in Jesus' story, not the people in Galilee and Judea saying, oh, we can't go in there. Isn't it amazing? We say, all the earth will sing your praise. Our hearts will cry. These songs will sing greater you, Lord. All the earth is going to do that, but we're not going to go to the earth. How are they going to get it? All the earth is going to sing that except for the, the prostitutes because they're too far gone. Jesus never said that. All the earth is going to sing that except for the drug addicts and the drug dealers. Jesus never said that. He didn't put a except for on any of that, did he? For God so loved the world except for this kind of people that participate in this kind of thing. He didn't say that. And I wonder how much different the John 3.16 of heaven is than the John 3.16 of the church. That's all I'm asking. Jesus doesn't count people out. We do. Jesus doesn't say people are too far gone. We do that. Jesus doesn't say I won't save them. We do that. And we can be anywhere in this story except for Jesus, right? We can be the Samaritan who's, hey, you shouldn't be talking to me. We can do that. And we can be the church who's sitting in the building saying, I don't know if God would really speak to them. Or we can be where Jesus called us to be the disciples who are just in the town living life with the people at the Burger King and the McDonald's and all the other places saying, you know what, as I go, I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat. But as I go, man, I'm I'm taking Jesus with me. I'm going the places that Jesus would go and I'm doing the things that Jesus would do because that's what he's called me to be. And I'm just throwing that in there for free this morning to all of us. Like if that's you, Jesus has never counted you out. But if it's not you today, he's never counted the people out around you either. And if they're not hearing the gospel, it's because we're not sharing the gospel. So Jesus sits down in this well, and he begins to talk to this woman. And this woman's like, hey, there's an issue here. You're not supposed to be talking to me. And what's amazing is Jesus does this really cool thing. He just blows her up by that. Okay, that's cool. Uh, Yeah, okay. Now, let's get on to it, right? He doesn't say, oh, yeah, that's true, but I'm the son of God, and I'm forgiving, and I'm loving, and you really are like a crappy person. But he he just blows her up by that. She says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And it says, in 10, Jesus answered, well, because I'm really thirsty and you're my only option, right? Oh, sorry, wrong Bible. Um, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. This is the conversation that Jesus has with this lady. He just blows her up by and he's like, actually, I don't even want to drink of water. I'm just trying to start a conversation. If you knew the gift of God, if you really saw what God's doing here. If you knew the gift of God and, and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he, he would give you living water. I love this conversation. Jesus looks can't you see what God's doing? Can't can't you see how God's working? Can't you see right now the there there is a gift to God. God's doing something in, in this place and if you got it, if you just even for a moment saw who Jesus was and, and what God sent him to do, this conversation would have already flipped. I wouldn't be asking you for water. You you asked me for water, but what's amazing is he doesn't even just call it water, does he? He says you he would give you living water, like a different kind of water. Woman doesn't get it. Eleven it says, Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket. Like, right, like, you don't have a bucket. How are you going to get this water? The well is deep. And Jesus said, no, this conversation is deep. Um, Where are you going to get this living water? It's crazy to me how this conversation goes down because Jesus already has decided, like, this is a different kind of water I'm talking about. I'm not talking about water from this well. I'm not even talking about this well anymore. Like, I'm just, that was the start of conversation. Um, I've got a different kind of water. And this woman looks back at Jesus and she's like, well, how are you going to get that water out of there? The same well that I've been coming to every single day for my whole life now, how are you going to get that water out of there? You don't have a bucket. She doesn't realize yet, but there's an issue with the well. Jesus is going to expose that issue in just a moment, but here's, here's, I was trying to think, like, how can, how can I explain, like, the the frailty of this thought process? and, And it just came to me. I have a water every Sunday morning because allergies, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if I was just sitting here drinking my water? And Emily walked up to me, and she's like, that's awesome. I like your water. Have you ever tried grape water? And I looked back, and I was like, no, hold on. Tastes the same, right? Like Nothing in that conversation changed anything about the well. Like, there's just because we're talking about grape water doesn't change the contents of my water bottle, right? Like, you'd probably look at me like I was crazy. Like, nothing happened here. The issue's not with the conversation, the issue's with the well. And that's what Jesus is trying to get to her. Like, you know, like, you're still looking for something different out of this well. You're looking for a different kind of water, but you keep coming back to the same well. And she goes, the water, the well's deep, and you will have a bucket. Where are going to get this water. And then she says this, this kind of dangerous thing um, in 12. You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave us this well to drink from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. She looks at Jesus, and you're like, dude, this well is a good well. This well is an amazing well, actually. Jacob, you know, a patriarch, like. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you remember that guy, like this is this is his well. This is an amazing. Well, it's worked really well for for years. Like everybody that's been here is just drink out of this well. This is this is a great well. I love this well. It's amazing. Even even the animals drink out of this well. There's not an issue with this well. You're not greater than Jacob, are you, to come in and to give us a different well, a better well, like this well's just fine. And it's a dangerous question because a yes, Jesus is better than like all the other wells. If Abraham had a well, I don't know if he did or not. This is a hole in the ground, by the way, not the sea mammal. Um, it's countries, yeah, whatever. I kept saying it. it was like I think I'm talking about the animal. Um, he's better than all the other wells. If Abraham had a well then he's better than that and if Isaac had a well he's better than that and David had a well he's he's better than that doesn't matter who's drank out of this well before it's there's a problem here is what he's saying and Jesus just points that out in 13 it says Jesus said everyone who drinks from this well is going to get thirsty again (laughs) I love this it's like Jesus is like, uh, isn't it unfortunate, though? Like, it's a great well, whatever. I'll go with you. Uh, isn't it unfortunate, fortunate, though, like, about 6 o'clock tomorrow, you're, you're going to walk down here again. And then the next day, you're going to walk down here again. And the next day, you're going to walk down here again. And the next day, you're going to walk down here again, just like you've done every single day since you started coming here the first time unfortunate that this well is a well that you just keep having to come back to because like you, you're going to go home and you're going to drink that water and then you're going to get thirsty This maybe maybe it'll fill you for a little while maybe it'll satisfy you for a moment but like you're, you're gonna get thirsty and you're gonna have to come back that's true right She doesn't get what he's talking about yet. But even naturally, like, I'm going to drink that bottle of water, and I'm going to have to get another bottle of water, and I'm going to have to get another bottle of water, and I'm going to have to get another bottle of water, because that's just water at the end of the day. And Jesus is pointing out, like, even though maybe Jacob's well is here, there's like a frailty to this because it can't, maybe for a moment, but it can't do anything permanently. But then he says in fourteen, but whoever drinks from the water that I give him, they're they're never gonna get thirsty again. And then just to make sure she gets it, he says, Ever. You know, you're ne- like if you if you drink the water I'll give you, like it's gonna be enough. Like you're not gonna have to just do something to fill you every every day. Like it's satisfying is what he's saying. It's it's filling, is what he's saying. The water that I give you can, can fill the emptiness, is what he's saying. The, the person that drinks from this well, they're never going to get thirsty again, ever. That's like a bold claim. And he goes on, he says, in fact, the water that I give him will become a, a well. Actually, the water that I give you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, a, listen to this, a new Well. It's not only going to fill the empty space inside of you. It's it's going to become a new drawing place for you. And inside of that well, I just want you to know this is this is what it holds. Um, it holds water springing up within him, within you, for eternal life. That's a twofold word there. A the well that. Jesus gives us is going to lead us into eternal life. The satisfaction that is in this well Jesus is going to give us is going to lead us into eternal life. Like it's going to fill us in such a way that it saves us. But the other part of that is like for eternity we're going to have that well. Like this well is going to spring up inside of us and it's never going to run dry is what he's saying. Like there's going to be water springing up within you, within your spirit forever, for every day. So I'm not going to have to search outside of me to get full. I've got something inside of me that I can draw from that will fill me. There's a, a well that uh, you drink this water, and, and and it'll it'll plant a well inside of you, a new drawing place in you, and you can come to this place over and over and over and over, and it doesn't have a stopping place. It's not like five years, and then we're gonna be like, nah, it's just not doing it for me anymore. Ten years, ah, uh, just it isn't enough for me anymore. I need I need more. I need another well. Jesus, can you come put another well in me? That's not what he's saying. He says for every day, forever, this well will be satisfaction. It will be filling. It will be it will be something for the emptiness. There is something that God is offering this lady and he's saying it'll be enough. There's a well that I'm willing to put in you and this well, this new drawing place will have water daily for the rest of your life. And on into eternity. And in 15, this lady looks at Jesus and she says, sir, the woman said to him, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and come here to draw water. Dude, there is maybe something wrong with Jacob's well. Maybe you are greater than Jacob. I, I didn't I never noticed that before, but there's a truth to this. I, I have to come here every day and I hate coming here. Why do you think this woman comes at six o'clock every day? She hates coming to the well. She, unfortunately, in this moment, is still talking about water. We've not even hit what Jesus has taken us to yet. She still doesn't get it, but, but she realizes, like Jesus uses this very real example in her life to pull her into a place where Jesus is going to show her, it's not about water, it's about something deeper than that. But when she hears this immediate, she's, she's like, "That sounds great." That sounds amazing. Because I have to walk here every day and I hate coming to the well. We're about to find out why. Jesus looks at her and he says, go call your husband. And come back here. Now why is Jesus doing this? Why is Jesus doing this? We, we know the story probably. We know what happens if you don't when you have a Bible. You can read the next verse. It's right there. Jesus is not saying this because he's gonna give her and her husband water. He's not even saying this because he refuses to give her water alone. But he's pressing on something right now. And she says in 17, I don't I don't have a husband. You could just give me the water now. I don't, I don't have a husband. And Jesus Answers her back, and he says, "You're correct. You've correctly said I don't I don't have a husband. That's that's true." Jesus said, "For you've had you've had five, you've had five husbands, and the man that you now have, he's he's not your husband at all. What, what you've said is true." Now we can read this, and we can think Jesus is rebuking this woman. Jesus come all the way to Samaria to sit down at a well and make this woman feel bad about her life, but that's not what's going on here. This is not condemnation in this moment. He's not like, yeah, you you're kind of a you just fill in that word. <laughs> You've been married five times and the guy you're with now, best case scenario, she's just living with him. Worst case scenario, she's somebody he's somebody else's husband. And Jesus draws this out. And here's what's crazy. Jesus, when he did this, he already knew this. Go call your husband. When he says that out loud before this conversation ever takes place, Jesus knows where this woman is. He has pinpointed this woman. He knows exactly where her life is. And that's why we've been talking about wells. He's not talking about water. He's not concerned about some bricks in a circular formation with a hole in the ground that you may or may not get water from that day. Jesus doesn't care if you drink Coke or Diet Coke or Dr. Pepper or water. He's not concerned with that. But what he's doing in this moment, he's pressing on an issue in this woman's life and he's saying, hey, you thought this whole time I was talking about water. But I've never been talking about water. I was done with water when I started the conversation. Give me a drink. That all was to lead us to this place. See, this woman has a hole in her life. There is something in this woman's life that that is an emptiness. And what she's been trying to do is is shove or medicate this place in her life with men. The, The well that Jesus is speaking of, maybe the medication if we're using words that we've been talking about the past few days. The well that Jesus is speaking of in this moment is men. he's saying you've had five husbands and you're with a different guy now that's six since you started getting married who knows what was before that but there's something in you that feels like it's not enough so you had the first husband and he didn't make you feel whole. So you got rid of him somehow and then you ended up with a second one and he couldn't fill you and then you got a third one and he couldn't make you feel whatever you need to fill and then the fourth one, like he couldn't do it for you and then the fifth one, like you realized he wasn't enough and now you're on number six and I just want to let you know the end of the story is he's not going to be enough and then you're going to move to seven and he's not going to be enough and then eight and he's not going to be enough and nine and he's not going to be enough and ten and he's not going to be enough and you just keep going on down through there, however many you get to There's not like a 27th chance is the right one. Like they aren't going to be enough. Isn't it unfortunate that you have to keep coming back to this place to try to get some fullness out out of some person and this person can't fill you. So you just keep keep coming back to the well and you keep coming back to the well and you keep coming back to the well and you keep coming back to the well. But the well that you're drawing from, it doesn't have anything Filling in it. Now how sad is that? Like in reality, how sad is that? Can we just, if Jesus didn't step into this woman's life, can we just maybe look down a few years? Still coming to the well, 6 o'clock every evening because people in the town are looking down on her because now she's on husband 8, her husband 9, her husband 10... And they can't make her feel full, and she's going to get another. And they can't make her feel full, and she's going to get another. And aside from the intervention of Jesus, that's where she's headed off just as long as she's in this place. And you can look at that, and you, you can, like, have sympathy for that woman, Right? You're like well,, why, why is it important because this is maybe your medication is not men or women, but you you 're in the same state as this woman if you don 't let Jesus into that spot in you there 's something i don 't know if it 's a wound or or what in this woman 's past that has caused her to to have such a, a gap in her uh, such a hole in her that she feels like i 've got to have attention from that man i 've got to have his eyes. And if I have that, I will feel whole. And for a while, it probably worked. Until it didn't. And then it became, I got to have their eyes. I got to I got to have their attention. If they'll make me feel beautiful, they'll make me feel loved. They'll make me feel wanted. And it worked until it didn't. And then, oh, if I can just get his attention, if I can get him to look at me, if he'll come and hang out with me, then, man, I'm going to feel I'm going to feel amazing. I'm going to uh, this is going to do it this time. It's going to be the one this is going to be the one. And then it was until it wasn't. And then and what, uh, he'll just look at me if he if he'll tell me how beautiful I am, man, oh, I'll just feel it this time. And it was until it wasn't, and the next one it was until it wasn't, and the next one it was, and it was headed towards not. But isn't that what we all do? We find this thing where, like, if I just had that, that thing would make me feel so full and make me feel so complete if I just had that job or that person or that money or that thing or that substance. If I just had that, that would do it for me, and then we get to this place and we get it, and it does until it doesn't. We just keep running in that rut, right? We just keep spinning our wheels in that place. And this is what's happening to this lady. And, and the issue here is not like Jesus is walking in and he's like, hey, you've had too many men and you just you need to shut that down. He's saying, lady, there's something missing in you. Something missing in you. And I'm not here to make you feel bad, and I'm not here to run you down, and I'm not here to call you names. I didn't show up at six o'clock today to call you names. If you needed to get called names, you should have came earlier in the day. That's not what I came for. I came here today because I wanted to let you know that Jacob's well isn't gonna do it. You need like a different kind of well. See, well, that thing you're, you're you're seeking out, that thing you're investing in, that thing you're searching for, it's not going to be found in that next person or that next substance or that next high or that next bank account or that next car or that next house, or that next whatever. It's not going to be found in that. You know how I know? Because I've seen so many people come to this well. Like, you know those people. It's easy to identify in other people, Right? Man, when I get that job, I'll be happy. When I get that house, I'll be happy. When I get that whatever, I'll be happy. And then you watch it, and what happens? I'm not happy. But Jesus looks at her just like he looks at us and he's like, But man, if you knew, if you knew what God was willing to do, you probably just cap off this well right now. And you'd ask me. What's he say? "I I might give you water. He doesn't say that. If we're looking for the Jesus that might give us water, we're in the wrong room today. Jesus might make us feel whole. And we're looking at the wrong Jesus today. Jesus might make us feel worth something. We're looking at the wrong Jesus today. Jesus might make us feel like somebody loves us. We're looking at the wrong Jesus today. What's he say? He didn't say, I might or I could or I I maybe will think about it or I'll pray about it. He didn't say any of that. He says, you ask me and I'll give you water. Water. I'll give you like living water. And, and here's the crazy thing about this water. This water is not just like a water that you're going to have to come back to every single day. Like I'm going to have to come get resaved every day. I'm going to have to come and I'm going to have to get down on my face every single day and be like, Jesus, I know you hate me, but if you could not hate me, that would be great. He's not saying that, is he? He says, I'm going to give you water. And the amazing thing about this water is it's going to become a new source in you. And you're not going to have to look for something outside of you to fulfill you anymore. There's going to be something inside of you that can fill you. And it's going to be springing up every single day for all eternity. It'll be enough in you every single day. I'm packing you with everything you need when you come to me is what he's saying. When you come to me and you let me in that space, I will put something in you where you don't have to keep looking for somebody else's love and somebody else's approval and somebody else's comments and somebody else's whatever. You don't have to keep looking for that. You can find it in me and I'll place it in you. And you can come to this spot in you every single day and you can say, Father, I don't have to look from love for anybody else because I can feel it in me. You love me. I don't have to look for acceptance in somebody else. There's acceptance in me right now. You've accepted me and inside of me it's springing up and springing over in me. I don't need a bucket today. You put the whole well inside of me. I don't have to go to this person or this place or this thing or this substance. I don't need that anymore because what I've got in me is what I need. Jesus isn't trying to get us to just maybe modify our drawing place. He's saying, cap that off. I've got a new drawing place for you today. And today you can find what you need in me. Not maybe you can. Or in the future sometime you can. But he's saying if you ask me, I will give you living water. And this water will become a well inside of you springing up every single day. And it will be enough to lead you into eternity. But it will get you all the way there. Some of us, we're banking on when I leave this place I'm going to die and I'm going to go be with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So am I. But man, I refuse to live miserable every single day, walking back down that street to that same place I used to go, digging in something that will never make me feel like anything. I refuse to live that way when I have another option today. I don't have to worry about what other people think and say and make me feel. I don't have to do that today. The creator of heaven and earth looks at me today and he says, I'm enough. And I say today that you're loved. And I say today that you're worth something. And I say today that, that, that I can fill those places if you let me in. I can make you feel whatever you feel like you're missing, I can make you feel it. But you've got to cap all those other wells. And you've got to realize that the well that is Jesus is greater than the well that is Jacob or John or Joe or Bob or Bill or any of those other guys. This woman does what many of us will just do right now. Sir, the woman replied, "I see that you're a prophet." She just deflects it, and this hurts. I don't want to talk about this. I don't want. I don't. I'm not digging in here. You think this woman deflected because she didn't want this water? No, that's ridiculous. She wanted this water more than anything. But she didn't want to say no. Come, come right here. Press on that empty place. She didn't want to do that. That hurts so much. It hurts so much to say to somebody, "I'm not enough. I don't feel like I'm enough. I don't. I don't. I know that I've messed up. I know that I've done this thing. I know that I, I keep digging in in these spots, and it's not because something out here. It's because I'm missing something in here. That hurts." So just I see you're a prophet. Let's talk about worship for a minute. And Jesus says, uh, "You know, believe me, woman, an hour is coming. Who will worship? He goes through the deal." And the woman says to Jesus. Uh, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ, and when He comes, He'll explain everything to us. He's, I don't want to go here. I, I don't want to. I want to talk about this. I, when the Messiah gets here, when 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 the Savior gets here, uh, He'll explain it. What's Jesus say? I am He. God speaking to you right now i'm he i'm 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 the savior that's me you're looking at him what's he saying woman this is what I came for I'm explaining it to you right now i'm I'm the christ i'm the one from all the beginning of creation that we've been talking about. Like, I'm the guy that's coming to save the world. But right now, I'm not coming to save the world. I'm stepping down into your space because I came all the way here just to save you. I come and sat down at the well today. I didn't have to come through Samaria. I chose to come through Samaria today because there was a Samaritan woman who's been living, trying to fill some emptiness that she is never going to be able to fill. And Jesus is like, it's driving me nuts. It's driving me nuts. You're searching for it in something that you, you've never, you've never been meant to find it in. So I could have went around like all the other people. I could have listened to I shouldn't come here and I shouldn't talk to them and they're too far gone. I, I could have listened to all that, but I didn't care about any of that because you're so broken. And there's this risk, that the very real risk that you're going to spend the rest of your life coming down here at 6 o'clock every day trying to get something that you're never going to be able to get. And I'm right here. And what I want more than anything today is for you to cap this well and you to let me into this place. I, I didn't come to press on you to tell you how horrible you were. I come to press on you to show you how empty come to push on this spot so you would know like this is where you feel like you're missing something and you're going to keep trying to shove stuff that God didn't mean to be in this place in this place but what's supposed to be in this place today is me and for some of us I know we hear that and we're like yeah no no I'm saved I'm saved I'm saved hallelujah I'm saved what is that that's deflection I'm afraid to let Jesus into this place because it hurts. It hurts. I don't want to unpack it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want people to know it. I don't want God to know it. I don't want to share it with anybody, including you, Jesus. And he's saying to you today, that is what I came for. That is what I came for. I came in this spot, not to press on you, to harm you. I came to heal you. And you can, I'm saved, I'm saved all you want. And you can go into eternity with Jesus, limping and broken and beaten because you never let him into those places. Or you can let him into those places and you can get freedom today and hope today and life today. There can be a new drawing place where you don't have to keep coming back and being let down and disappointed over and over because they couldn't do it or this couldn't do it. And you can go into eternity into the power of joy in the spirit of God and freedom in the spirit of God. You can lean into eternity today through the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day with God saying, and you're, you're enough and I love you. I don't care what they say about you today. I want you to know today you're to die for. I literally died for you. Like I want you more than anything today. And then your boss may not want you and that person may not want you, but man, I want you. Jesus is just saying to you today, Christian, I want to heal that spot in you by putting a new well down inside of you. But if you're going to let me do that, you got to come and you got to open up some of those old wounds and holes. And you got to take the wall down and maybe not for everybody else, but you got to let me in. Last week we ended with what? What? What's your medication? If you can trace your medication, you can trace it back to that hole in your life. What's that hole in your life? And then once we get to that hole in our life, have I let Jesus into that spot? And Jesus today is coming to say, I want in that spot. I want in that spot. Don't deflect it today. Don't run away from it today. Run to it today. For some of us today, maybe for the very first time, we needed to hear that there's a Savior who loves us and wants us and who died for us. But what an amazing thing if that's you today, and I believe God will save you, and we're going to pray in just a second. But for a lot of us, I really believe we know Jesus today, but we're limping into eternity. We're struggling to get across the finish line, and it's just because we won't let him in. And he wants in today.